Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The length, while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about Prost, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so prost to you. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall, in the pub, in the tab, in the cars. We rem- Welcome to the Penis Project Podcast. Today, if you're wondering what on earth we're playing happy birthday for, it's because it's Dr. Joe and my 100th podcast. So we're very excited that we've actually made it here. Who would have thought it? And I just think we need to tell you that we've got over 73,000 listeners, which is very exciting. And I thought you might all be really interested to know where most of the people come from, because this is quite fascinating, I think. We've got people from all around the world, but the top 10, are 48% of people are in Australia. The United States, we have 34%. United Kingdom is 5%. Canada is 4%. Germany, didn't know we had any German people, 1.5%. New Zealand, 1.4%. Ireland, there's only half a person listening there. No, not really. (laughs) 0.5%. We Israel, we have 0.4%. South Africa, 0.2%. And the Philippines, 0.25%. So as you can see, we're very multicultural, which is pretty exciting for us. Hopefully we'll be able to improve that over the next hundred. And then let's think about the 10 most downloaded episodes. So if you're a regular listener and you've missed some of them, the top one is debunking penis size and function, which we would expect that would be the most listened to because (laughs) penis size is the most Googled thing in Australia and probably internationally, the, the most internationally, in, go. the penis length is the most internationally googled search engine topic. Hence, so the penis true. project. You can't title. imagine a whole pile of women just measuring their labia, can you? But anyway, that's exciting. <laughs> well, we, what about their vulva? Yes, or their vulva. That's right. Okay, so the second one is surprise, surprise. 
Can you make your penis bigger? <laughs> yep. Have we got men listening or something? Number two. And then the ne- the third most popular was Parker the performer. So I'm getting here that we want big and performing. <laughs> They're the top few. Then adult circumcision. I'm quite surprised. A lot yeah, of people wow. are obviously interested in that. That's top five. Then we have number four, which is Joe and I talking about pelvic floor and penile anatomy and how it all works. And that's probably quite up there because I keep telling people to listen to Joe's explanation of pelvic floor. (laughs) And then we have foreskin restoration. Now, who would have thought that that would have been so popular? So here you go. He's He's a winner. And then we have Phil, the younger man with prostate cancer. Now, I'm not surprised at all because Phil tells that hilarious story about his prior prison when he double-dosed himself on a Tinder date and had the everlasting erection. So, he's a very, he's (laughs) worth listening to. And then we have cock-watching anyone. We had a frank chat with Dr. Stephen Adams and he was talking about cock-watching. I'm sure that the word cock got everyone's attention and they wanted to listen to that. And then... In number nine position is Rod Popcorn. (laughs) He talks all about being a grower and not a shower. He's a prostate cancer man who's made an amazing recovery. And then number 10 was Awesome Orgasms. So we want bigger, longer, (laughs) awesome orgasms, and we all want to be great performers. Well, we're eating popcorn. That's right. (laughs) So hopefully that is what Joe and I are doing. We're helping you to do all of those things. So we just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast up to number 100. And yeah, who would have believed that we would have made it here? So it's very exciting. So welcome, Jo. Thanks, Melissa. So I wanted to ask you, what's your highlight been of the last 100 episodes? I particularly like our intro and outro music. As a start, I really love the the song about a boy. Um, it's, it's a personal song that has uh, a lot of meaning. Um, written about a family friend that that passed away, um, diagnosed with melanoma as a, an 11-year-old boy and died by 14, a, a close friend of um, our families. So right from the beginning, having the opportunity just to share something completely new and novel with you, um, we didn't know where it would take us. I, I actually thought we might do about 15 and then <laughs> have no more topics and that would be the end of it. I mean... So many, many things, but in my heart of hearts, the most important podcast I've done is number 47, interviewing Darren Baum about long COVID, because Darren contacted me in about, I'd say, March of 2020, about one year, um, sorry, 2021, sorry, one year into his own um, personal story with COVID and his ongoing battles. And um, basically through Facebook Messenger, I got to learn a whole lot of things that I never thought I would encounter. Um, one of them even being uh, erectile dysfunction in young men and how this virus could actually potentially affect every single endothelial cell in the body. So personally, that's probably been the the one that I think is going to help change the world a little bit. Hmm. And that is really interesting because um, I know you and I have talked about this, that I've seen quite a few men like just over five in the last four weeks in my practice, young men with erectile issues following COVID. So I think this so these is are non-prostate cancer non-prostate patients. Non-prostate cancer patients who have developed erectile dysfunction under the age of thirty, all within a a couple of months to a few weeks post COVID infection with mild COVID infections, and then they've developed erectile dysfunction. So what happens? They can't maintain their erections. Yeah. So yeah. they are 
all still able to get them, but they're not maintaining them. And one young guy actually has a very unusual pattern of um, turgidity. So it gets erect in some spots and not in others. Mm. And um, it's a very interesting thing. And, and as you know, we've both looked up and there's a lot of research coming out now about the effect of COVID mm. and how it can have on blood flow to extremities such as fingers, toes and <laughs> penises. And I've recently had COVID and I've got um, a lot of problems. I've always had Raynards in my fingers and toes and that's really exacerbated that. And so Exchange that's Raynards to the audience? Yeah, so Raynards is when you're not getting enough blood flow to your fingers and toes. I think in the old days they used to call it chillblains, but it's basically they get kind of frozen because you don't get enough blood flow in there and um, that's usually only been a problem for me it's an autoimmune thing when I've been cold but since I've had COVID a few weeks ago they're constantly cold and kind of frozen and white and so it makes sense if I had a penis I'd probably have a frozen white penis tip as well but fortunately for me I don't have a penis. Mm. And it's not so funny because the audience doesn't know but 10 days ago I was in a hospital in Outback Western Australia on a lovely yoga retreat at a place called Eco Beach only to find that I developed two chillblains and raynoids in the middle of yoga classes even though it was 32 degrees. Um, unfortunately as the week progressed um, I became a little bit um, hyperactive and I ended up um, in hospital having my um, engagement ring cut off due to excessive swelling in my fingers and I've had basically septicemia or a sepsis developed because of my own experience with uh, COVID and going into a hot environment with a cut on my leg, exposing myself to some potentially coral water where there might be some bacteria and very, very sick myself last week. And that exactly what happens to me every night. Mm. I wake up at about 2 or 3 a.m. and all through my hands, especially my right hand where my scoliosis impacts most, um, I've got neuralgia and needles and it takes me an hour to get my my hand working again mm. so much so that I don't even sleep in the same bed as my husband at the moment because it just would be disturbing him sounds like she needs a sexologist to sort that out but mm. anyway sorry <laughs> don't make light of that but no so anyone listening there is going to be a lot of changes I think in people's health even when they haven't been very sick from COVID and I think that's going to change the face of our work Joe and I in the future and um, make us a lot busier, I think, with young men. So I suppose that brings me to my highlight mm. of the last 100 episodes. And I don't know. I think I've really enjoyed everyone. The thing that I find best about doing this podcast is I learn from everyone that we interview, in particular the real-life experiences because I just think it's invaluable to be able to hear people's real-life experiences are different to what we do in academia and what yeah. we learn. So yeah. I love that. And I think I really enjoyed, just for a chuckle, I really enjoyed the little um, comedy one we did with Nino and Pepito. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a very funny patient of ours who tells funny stories about Nino, which is his <laughs> penis, and I'm um, definitely hoping to get him back with some more funny stories in the next year. So I just really think it's important that we celebrate that we've done 100 and it's it's not an easy feat. There's quite a lot of work goes into making sure we get show notes and emails out there. And we do have a magic lady called Corazon in the Philippines, who's the person who sends all these things to you. And if it wasn't for Corazon, we... Um, May have killed each other. Yes, and we probably <laughs> still wouldn't be here now. So thank you, Corazon, if you're listening. We really appreciate your help. And thank you to everyone who's been on the podcast and all the people that are hopefully going to be on it in the future. And so today we also have... Oh, can I just like oh, yes. pack a big thank you out to Tom Evans? Sure, definitely. And to Adam, 
uh, Adam, our wonderful techno guy, who in the early um, episodes when we had all sorts of screeching noises and every time we tried to record, we'd lose it. He he was basically there to um, sort us out. So he was, our, he our, was. our young young male IT gurus who have helped us um, survive this. Yeah, yeah, he was great, and also um, everyone really appreciate you still listening despite the fact that the sound has not been great over the time because my technical ability is pretty crap. And oh, thank you very much to my husband, Murray, who made sure he went and bought us new podcast recording equipment because he was so frustrated at the beginning of how crap it was. So he went out and investigated it all and actually read the instructions and got us the stuff we needed. And I'd like to thank your husband for also being um, having an alias as known as Roger. That's because right. he's been able to assess the various um, products and give us more information. Mm-hmm. Clearly, being females, we are not able to test some of these products ourselves. And my Greek husband is very unlikely to want to pursue <laughs> the testing of these products himself, and I'll leave it at that. Yes, so, um, <laughs> yes, Roger is not so much of a secret name anymore, is my <laughs> husband's pen name. And um, he is the, the person to thank for testing a lot of our products. Also, we can't forget Testicle. For anyone who's read Restorative Sexual Health's blogs, Tess Eichel is one of our prostate cancer patients who is amazing and whenever I send him a new toy to try, he jumps right in, tries it out and writes us some very hilarious blogs. And if you haven't read his blogs, definitely worth doing on the website, reading Sorry, um, you just Tess you, you just reminded me of Rosie Thomas and How to Shame the Devil and all her stories about, you know, the various names like... Um, Clitoris <laughs> in her in her um, novel about you know the sexual escapades in the nursing home. Um, it yeah, it, it, that was a highlight for me. Rosie's been a dear friend of mine for many many years, and uh, her sense of humour um, probably not the sort of uh, topic that we would normally cross, but it was written with an empathy to the male. Um, position in the Me Too movement. So that's a really wonderful episode of ours as well and it's Mm. all about a book. Yeah, that was great and it's worth Mm. reading the book. I read that. And the other thing we'd like to say today as our 100th session is, you know, it's always great to get ideas from people who are listening about what they'd like to know more about. So that whole um, lymphedema episode we did a few back was fantastic from that lovely gentleman who contacted us from the UK and asked us um, if we could do an article on lymphedema. And so we actually interviewed him. Within three days of him writing an email, we had interviewed him. Yeah, he was amazing and he was a great listener if you want to listen to that one. And we also have coming up in the next few episodes, um, Lizzie, who is a lymphedema nurse in Australia, and she's going to give us the other side of how we treat it. And so that'll be really interesting as well. So anyone who has any suggestions of anything, please email us. And the email address is... Um, just on the website or you can just contact um, me at melissa at rshealth.com.au and we'll put it on the list and Joe and I will find somebody to speak to us about your subject. And speaking of subjects, I think I've been really quite shocked and delighted that we've actually had people approach us. Mm. So we had RJ Winden yep. um, who's doing a like a documentary series um, and he's interviewed us. We've had the specialist from Canberra mm-hmm. um, talk about his various products and the numbing gel. Um, Steady Eddie, that Steady comes Eddie. out next week. Yep, Steady Eddie. And I think the fact that we've had people take us seriously has been a bit of a shock to mm. me. <laughs> yep. um, that we've had that level of credit, credibility because um, we wanted it to be something that people would feel that was ethical and professional at the same time, trying to break down some of the barriers 
of taboo topics, particularly in men's health, by making a more comfortable conversation. I feel like we've achieved those goals, actually. Yeah, I do too. So I think it's been great. And so today we have a special guest all the way from the UK. Actually, before I say that, very excited when we found out that Prostate Cancer Foundation in the UK actually recommend the Penis Project as um, one of their things that they recommend people to a resource, to. a resource to get education about what people are about to do. So that's exciting. That, and we've only got a four point eight percent component there. So our next guest is hopefully going to make that flag higher, higher. Mm. And so today we have Nikki with us, and now Nikki is a pelvic floor physio who's been doing some work with Joe today and she's come all the way from the UK. Hey, Nikki. Hey. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, if Joe calls her Vicky, that's okay because she's <laughs> been doing that all day. So we have to forgive <laughs> I jo thought she was that. Greek. She is Greek and I've got lots of Greek relatives called Vicky, but her name is Nikki. So sometimes I call her Vicky and sometimes I call her Nikki Vicky or Vicky Nikki. <laughs> as long as you don't call her Vicky's knickers. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. We'll let Joe ask Nikki some some pelvic questions because that clearly is not my thing, the pelvic floor. That's Joe's, so go for it. Okay, so it's lovely to have you join us today, Nikki. Now, Nikki arrived in Australia two and a half weeks ago and she wrote to me several months ago requesting that she spend a little bit of time working in my clinic and shadowing me, seeing what work we do here in Western Australia. Unfortunately, because of my own COVID crisis, I had to delay her and we've only spent um, half a day this morning, but I said, can you come and join us on the podcast? And she was very um, happy to do that. So Honoured, honoured. Honoured. <laughs> Nikki, how did you find out about the Penis Project podcast? Do you know, I can't actually remember how I found out about it. It, uh, it probably came up um, in what some of my research that I, I do because I like to read a lot around my subjects. And, but it is something that I recommend to my um, prostate cancer, cancer patients and to my men's health patients. Um, I find you guys, this is exactly what you said, you break down the barriers, you, you give out a, a incredible uh, information and I've also recommended you to uh, one of my close friends whose husband's just had um, a, a prostatectomy mm. um, and he's having some issues. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's a fantastic resource and I'm so glad I found you. I've got a little bit of um, tingling going on here because... Um, earlier in the day you said something in fact just while we were over at the supermarket you said I've got my inspiration back yes. and I feel like I feel teary I feel tearful and that that meant a lot to me actually because um, I feel like by having open conversations that we're breaking down lots of barriers yeah. you know it's all about kindness it's all about making people feel that it's okay to feel sad and, and feel like they're not coping and, and just to treat them respectfully um, so tell us a little bit about what work you do in the UK so um, I've been a physio for 25 years, I think it is now, and I work in my own practice called Invictus Pelvic Health in um, uh, Sirencester. I've got one practice in an osteopath practice, and I've got my own practice in Malmesbury at Brinkworth House. I also work in two private practices, um, and I also work in the National Health Service um, in Oxford. Wow, this sorry, busy lady. You sound like us. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit crazy, and and actually, that's that. What 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 um uh, what I've been finding, and I was sick as well, Joe. <laughs> okay. Yep. And it's it's hell for leather, and then you take a break, and then you get sick. So mm. it, it's about finding that balance, and also prioritizing what works for you and what you're passionate about. Mm. And that's what you've inspired me 
Aww. to do today is, yeah. is remember what I'm passionate about mm. and remember what the things that make me feel alive and to have the courage because I'm a single parent mm. so it's difficult to let go of the stable income yep. but to, to, to kind of work out what I'm passionate about and to have the courage to let go of the stuff that's not working for me mm. so it's just amazing to have that inspiration again. And I, I thank you for that. I, I was working very hard for the last couple of years, working six days a week, and I actually fell into a bad habit with that. But here in Western Australia, we couldn't go anywhere. Um, several of my staff had babies, got sick. And so I ended up just having to do those hours. And I must admit, I became a little bit flat, which is unlike me. And mm. I, all I needed was to go away on a holiday, just mm. go and spend a little bit of time in nature, reacquaint with the ocean dip my toes in the sand and do a little bit of yoga without in teaching yoga. And within two or three days, I just, I was running along the beach feeling free and pain-free after doing a few yoga sessions. Um, and then I was all inspired again to think about the next project. But for two and a half years, I did none of that. Mm. Um, yeah. And I also realized, I guess, that you don't actually need anything. You just need to have some self-belief. You, of course, you need some food, but you don't need a big fat income. Um you just need to go with what makes your heart beat. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think as a physiotherapist, we have an extraordinary position to be holistic health practitioners. Although I do work in pelvic health like you, every single one of my patients is treated as a whole person. And um, very funnily, actually, I was up on my yoga retreat and I spoke to a lady who was a um, retired GP herself Actually, it was another lady. No, she, she had been married to a uh, an orthopedic surgeon, and funnily enough, we worked out that I had been in Geraldton at the same time, which is a country town on, on a prac, and I had actually learned a lot from this one particular doctor because I was a, a student in my final year, and he would go around his patients in the morning on his ward rounds and rip their bed sheets off, not acknowledge them, and just with this throng of people, including me and all these other, you know, nervous little med students, just say say this is the this is the knee and this is the um, operation I did and this is the swelling never acknowledging the patient he would speak quite gruffly and then he'd move to the next patient without putting the sheet back acknowledge them and I just remember bed after bed after bed of this man doing this I went you are teaching me how not to be you are teaching me what kind of professional health professional I don't wish to be and I had this conversation with this lady and she said oh that was my (laughs) ex-husband and I was like oh okay (laughs) and it was just just one of those moments where even as a 20 year old I was like learning from the supposed experts of what yeah what felt right for me and what didn't Um, and I just wanted to be more compassionate and physiotherapy is pretty awesome like that it is, and we have the time to spend with our patients, particularly in private practice. So mm. I can say how long I want to spend with my patients. I extend my first um, session is usually an hour and a half. An hour and a half. An wow, hour and a good half on you. Because I want to ask, I want to know everything about that person. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know their lifestyle. I want to know all their medical history. I want to put the puzzle together. And that's what we're taught in integrative. I was talking to you this morning about Jessica Drummond and the yeah. integrative approach to health. Mm. And you really want to understand a person's past and their past medical history in order to see where they are mm. in the beginning it, it, where they are in the present and then you can see where the triggers lie and then it gives you a clue as to how yeah. to access their you know their best path to restorative health there's actually something that i would like us to add into this podcast um listen in the show notes but in about 2010 i learned about steve jobs's 13 minute speech 
to Stanford University students and he talks about the three most important themes in life to him. One of them, the first one was joining the dots. The second one was love and the third theme was death. But he said you can only join the dots retrospectively and then what he basically said was when he was, he didn't, he didn't finish university, he bummed out, he slept on couches, but he went and did some courses on calligraphy at university and that ended up being the hallmark of the, the Mac and the whole um, evolution of that and the iPhone in terms of things and then how he eventually got sacked from the company you set up and then he went to set up Pixar and Toy Story and how... And now nobody needs to watch it. <laughs> I'm teasing you. <laughs> and how, how in the end, um, retrospectively, he joined the dots on he needed to fail, he needed to... Yeah. Um, take a break and look at why he why he got pushed out of the the company he set up to be a better thinker and a better person. So um, that that Stanford University talk is something I like to share with my kids, especially when they turn 18, because it talks about your choice choices in life and it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. And then there's another, another ad. It was one minute. It's called Think Different by Steve Jobs. It won the 1999 World's Best Ad. It's one minute. And it's talking about all the heroes in the world and how they're the round pegs in a square hole and how people might vilify them, but they'll actually not forget them because these are the people that change the world who are brave enough to think they can are the ones they do. And anyway, we didn't ever actually see that ad because it was played in cinemas in the US, but I share it with people and I've still got goosebumps every single time I listen and see that. So I'd like to share that. The Think Different ad by Apple, mm-hmm. um, Steve Jobs. Don't know how I quite got to that tangent, but it's all about <laughs> just being comfortable, um, having the opportunity to ask people questions and get whole body health addressed, I think. Absolutely. Mm. So before we wind up, I want to ask Nikki, not Vicky, <laughs> our, uh, have you learnt something t- like when you've been in Australia that you're going to take home that's going to change your practice? Wow. From you two. Oh. Or from anyone. Yeah, you probably didn't learn Just your last me, two weeks yeah. in Australia. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I've, I've learnt uh, the value of, of, of a network of support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I, I am a single parent and I've, I've come over here and I've got a brother and sister over here um, who I love dearly. And I, I feel like I can breathe when I'm mm. with them. Wow. So um, that's how I feel when I'm doing yoga in, on country. Yeah. Mm. So they uh, that that network of support. So having that network of support, having those people who've got you, mm. you know, is is so important in your life. And um, I have it here, and and it's about understanding how I can create that in that that sort of mm. support network in the UK. So that's a big thing that I've I've learned. Mm. And then um, also just to um, you know you you uh, you guys are you know. To me, you're <laughs> my gurus. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> <Okay>. thanks. <laughs> and, um, you know, I feel like a, a, a little part of, um, you know, just a, a kind of a, a, a sort of a learner. And uh, just it's so amazing that to have the courage to actually approach the people who you like and admire mm. because you were so welcoming, Joe. You mm. were just you know, come, I love having people to shadow me. I really want to spread the word. And like I said, you've just given me a huge amount of inspiration. I learned in, in one session with you and your patients so much. 
Mm. And um, yeah, I'm going to, and, and of course, talking to you about your... <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, talking to Melissa about her her um her business and her sexual her sexual health business and oh I just I, it's just incredible taking away new skills and mm. I'm inspired to uh, you know take my business one step further. Mm. Thank great. you, thank you both of you. That's a pleasure, and I think that whole net the network the su- network of support is really important. Not just it's great to have it in family, and but it's also really important in your like career and I think being able to have that from one side of the world to the other now we can do that and that's so exciting that we can learn new things and and find new ways to do things from other people on the other side of the world and we don't even have to actually be in the same room as them even though we are today and this if you don't mind I'm going to bring Darren Brown back into the picture because Darren Brown has now who's our podcast guest on 47 led the long COVID response internationally Mm. he's got long COVID physio he's got an international online conference in September 10th 9th and 10th he is bringing the world experts together to see how we can all work together as physiotherapists to um, set up programs and clinics across the globe that will help people deal with this. This is the most exciting time I can ever recall in medicine to come together with like-minded people who are compassionate, whole body mind thinkers who need, we need, we need the skills of Jessica Drummond. We need the skills of Nikki Vicky, (laughs) 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 Melissa. We need, we need people who, who care Mm. to just help in our own network of support because we're all learning about this, but we need to listen to our patients. Mm. Oh yes. Yes. They're the ones that are teaching us. Absolutely. Definitely. And we shouldn't have the arrogance to think Absolutely. otherwise. Yeah. And nobody knows their own body like a patient, like a person. We all know our bodies better than anyone else. And I think as health professionals, we all need to know that the best in referral or information we can ever get is from our customers, not mm. from other people. And I've been so impressed with um, Darren. He actually has sent me all sorts of things and he's sort of saying, in Australia you don't even have any public health campaigns yet and although your Australian physiotherapy is now a mission statement or intention statement, it's about two years outdated of what they're saying is what we already know does not work. So let's just bring it up to another level. So we're all trying with the best intention but we can't we can't ignore what's already happened two years before us mm. and the UK is way ahead of here in Australia. Do you just have any comments to make about that? What you see just by being here for two weeks in terms of um, just how we're dealing with COVID? Well, you, I find your, your COVID uh, rules are very different to ours. Yeah. You guys were very, very, very locked down, very, mm. very rigid. Yeah. Um, we had a prime minister who was a bit more Boris. Liberal. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I felt that I valued my freedom. Mm. And I think I want, would have found it very difficult to be in WA um, during the COVID time. It just it took away a lot of a lot of your freedoms, a lot of your choices. Mm. Whereas actually in England we still had choices, but they are very aware of um, you know the the effects of COVID and long COVID. So long COVID is doesn't exist here, according to the hospital that I went to. Yeah, um, I was told I was a methamphetamine addict when my resting heart rate was 125 yeah. beats per minute. Yeah. Um, although I said I was a health professional, didn't really. Um, have any belief of me and I thought this is where we're at right now and I'm an informed health professional God help 
gosh. the everyday person on the street. Yeah, so we've got long COVID clinics um, being set up in the UK and it's on. It's definitely on the health agenda. I think also it's going to be longer here because we've had less people have COVID and less people with long-term side effects. So we'll be a bit late to the party, I think, of getting on board. Yeah. But I'm yeah. sure as these things are, are coming out, People are going to, to, jump, on to board. jump on board. So yeah. I was actually at a Rotary Breakfast meeting this morning with Professor Christopher Blythe, who was the head of ATAGI in Western Australia. Sorry, not in Western Australia, Australia. He was the chair of that through the most critical times. Um, and he was step, stepping us through how, exactly how the COVID response happened here. And it was all about acute care. And so I just put up my hand and said, this is wonderful. He actually said, we now know that although we did hold back for two years, we're now, we've got a very similar number of people in our community, 50 to 70% who've had COVID now. We're, we're the same as everywhere else, despite the fact we missed out on two years of it. So I put up my hand and I said, where do we go next with the, the survivorship of COVID? And he goes, well, that's the bit we don't know. So, so on that note... We're going to wrap up our 100th session and I'm sure we will talk a lot more over the next 100 sessions about how we're going to deal with the complications of long COVID and men's health. So thank you, Nikki Vicky, for coming <laughs> along. Um, if anyone wants thank to look, you for having me. If anyone wants to look at the show notes, we will have the website of Nikki and all her information and we'll have those Steve Jobs YouTubes that Joe talked about. So thanks very much and we'll look forward to seeing you in... Uh, 101, Joe. 101, but let's do one final happy birthday. Okay. Let's join in. I'm not singing. You. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yep, okay. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs>